You only got halfway through. We're going to go back and cover the rest of 17, and if we have time, maybe we'll begin with the beginning of 18, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole passage that we worked on last week. We stopped with verse 13, but I want to make sure we have our context here. The title of the message, and I guess this will be part two, was Babylon Revealed. So beginning in verse 9 of Revelation 17, here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Woman being the harlot, the prostitute, the whore, the one world false religion who rides the beast. We talked about this and how they, it's actually the symbol of the European Union, the woman on the beast. How interesting is that, huh? Verse 10, there are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. Speaking of the Antichrist, the beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition or destruction. Literally, he's going to hell. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. So we talked about this last week. Ten sectors, the world will be divided, and they've already laid this out, uh, the globalists and their agenda, to divide our world not into separate countries, but into ten sectors, kind of like Hunger Games. And they will have rulers over each of these sectors, but they will ultimately all yield to the authority of the beast to consolidate their power. Ultimately, somebody's got to be in charge, right? The buck stops here, and so it'll be with the Antichrist. These will make war with the Lamb, verse 14, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. I like that. You are called, I am called, all of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior of our souls. God has called us his chosen and his faithful. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And so... This will be a satanic one-world religion that will dominate the entire planet until, as we previously learned, uh, she will be put down and destroyed by the Antichrist once he no longer has a need for her. And that's how the devil works. There's a period of time in which if you either knowingly or unknowingly, and it's possible to yield your life over to the devil without just coming right out and saying, I worship you, Satan, but when you give way to your own desires to the point that you're willing to do anything to become rich, to become famous, to become powerful, or just to simply have the person that you want to have, there are many ways in which we can sell out and the devil will take it any way he can get it. But then when he's done with you, it looks like you're being blessed. Your life is going well. You're getting everything you could have ever wanted. And then when he's done with you, he destroys you. Verse 16, the ten horns which you saw on the beasts will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Let's pray. Father, we lift up this time in your word today. We ask that you would guide us and direct us and help us to cover as much as you would want us to cover. And we ask that you'd speak to our hearts through your word, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, impart to us those truths today that you would have us to embrace. 
We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we finished with verse 13. They are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. World domination and destruction of all who worship the true God. They are of one mind. This is their goal. This is their purpose to eradicate all remnants of the worship of the true God. Just like I talked about a few moments ago, getting rid of the Bible in the public schools and the military, where once these things were prominent and right out in the open in our nation, one nation under God, prayer in school, Bibles in school, Ten Commandments, all being erased. And so this is their ultimate goal. They're of one mind, world domination and the destruction of all who worship the true God, like their fearless leader, the Antichrist, who will be empowered personally by Satan. And we mentioned this verse last week, 2 Thessalonians 2.4, speaking of the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And we see echoes or inklings of these things in world leaders that have already come and gone. And in fact, even our current president, if you want to call him that, he's taken a lot of heat because he's supposed to be this strong, devout Catholic, and yet he's come out as very pro-abortion. And even a lot of the Catholic priests are attacking him for this. And he came out here in the last day or two and said, if anybody else attacks his religion, he's going to shove his rosary beads down their throat. I don't know where he keeps them. I haven't seen him wearing them. But uh, it sounds like a pretty haughty, arrogant statement to make. Kind of, again, I don't think he's got what it takes to be the Antichrist. He's definitely the anti-president. But that same arrogance, that same pride, that same... And then... By the way, did you know the president does not have the constitutional authority to issue mask mandates and vaccine mandates? Did you know that that's unconstitutional? But did you know that our nation no longer follows the Constitution? Did you know that? So that's what's going on. You probably noticed. But, uh, uh, and again, that's the same spirit, the same attitude. When these things unfold, when we're raptured out of here, and these things unfold during the tribulation... We're already seeing the precursors for this. We're seeing the early stages of it right now. When our nation is supposed to be the most free, independent, God-fearing nation on the planet, and we become a nation of lawlessness. And as Jesus said, because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of most would grow cold. And so now, rather than each individual, the way our nation was founded... Each individual having the right to make his or her own choices about their own life and how they're going to live it, unless you're blatantly breaking the law. Which, by the way, those laws were originally based upon the biblical commandments. Thou shalt not kill, right? Thou shalt not steal, and so forth. Those are obvious, universal laws that apply to everybody. But now they have, we have what they call hate speech which means anything that I say that you don't like, that's hate speech. And by the way, they believe the Bible is hate speech because the Bible is full of truth and they believe that the truth is hate speech. Get it? So, that's where we're headed. 
They will give their power and authority to the beast. No more freedom, no more independence. We looked at the video last week of the uh, QR code, remember? And how they're planning on utilizing that as a universal recognition uh, device or element somehow imprinted upon us. Oh, that kind of sounds like a mark of the beast, doesn't it? To control us. Oh, and here's another thing I just read. The IRS has been instructed by the federal government to monitor every activity of your bank account over $600. A lot of people have car payments, mortgage payments, obviously, that are more than $600 a month. They're going to monitor every transaction that you make over $600. It's none of their business. But we've already encountered it, my wife and I, when we've bought or sold a house or something and you go to the bank and you have to draw money out and put money in they take you in a separate room and want to know where where, where'd you get this money really because they're trying to protect us from money laundering and drug dealers just like at the airport they're protecting you from terrorists except the only ones who actually get through with the bombs are the terrorists okay yep Okay, I'm going to try to get through this message. The problem is every line in the Bible speaks of the time we're living in. It's not a problem, but it is a problem when I'm trying to get through this passage. So they'll give their power and authority to the beast as rulers over the ten sectors or quadrants of the earth, the one world government. They will have power and authority as kings or prime ministers or whatever they're going to be called. And in order to consolidate that power, they will yield to the ultimate authority of the beast. So we pick it up here in verse 14. These will make war with the Lamb. The Lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords, King of kings. And those who are with him, are you with Jesus today? Raise your hand if you're with Jesus. Okay, good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. So, they will make war with the Lamb. These geniuses running the world in the last days are actually going to try and defeat Jesus Christ in a military encounter. And we know what will happen. The Lamb will overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings. Notice, Lamb, big L. He is the Lamb. He will overcome them, for He is the big L, Lord of lords. Big L over little L. King of kings, big K over little K. Jesus will overcome. He will win because he's the ultimate authority in the universe. And they call Bruce Springsteen the boss, but actually Jesus is the boss. First Chronicles 29.11, Yours, O Lord, it, I love this, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory and the majesty. All these haughty, arrogant sons of guns that think they're running the world are in for a big shock. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. See, they think that they own this planet and therefore they can tell you how to live so that this planet will be what they want it to be. But guess what? It all belongs to God. It's all His. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. 
Second Chronicles 20, verse 6, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? I just can't wait for this confrontation that surely is coming. Romans 9, 5, of whom are the fathers Israel? And from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. And notice, this is us, folks. Those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. That's you and that's me. Called, chosen, and faithful. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Why is that? Because God calls there's a general call that goes out to every human being. John 3:16, for God so loved the world, right? That means the people in the world, all the people. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the general call that goes out. And when you answer that call, you become one of his chosen because God chooses those that choose him. You see? That's where God's Sovereignty and man's free will come together. And then once you have chosen him and you become one of his chosen, then it's by his grace, by his mercy, by the power of his Holy Spirit that we are able to remain faithful to him. Called, chosen, and faithful. Notice the contrast between this verse and Revelation 13, 7. It was granted to him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. But those are those people who come to Christ during the tribulation. Many of those whom the beast defeated and even killed will return as part of the conquering army of the Lamb. And so there will be this temporary thing on earth going on during the tribulation where it would appear as though God's people are losing. Although we're in heaven, those on the earth that choose to resist the Antichrist and receive Christ will be persecuted. That's why it's a good idea to get saved now. For anybody watching at home on the internet or, or by whatever means, or if someone here today, if you aren't really sure of where you stand with God, you're not really sure about your relationship with God, the Bible says he's not appointed us to suffer wrath. God's plan would be to avoid that wrath. There's a difference between persecution and wrath. Persecution has always been part of part and parcel with being a follower of God, going all the way back to Abel. Abel was killed by his brother Cain because Abel was a true worshiper of God and Cain was not. So very from the very beginning, believers have always been persecuted. But wrath is always reserved for the unrighteous, the wicked, the unbelieving. And the tribulation is the final, ultimate expression of God's wrath poured out on an unbelieving world. Therefore, we will not be here. That's good news, isn't it? But as I said already, we're already witnessing the beginnings of what's coming. Revelation 19:14 The armies in heaven clothed in fine linen white and clean followed him Jesus on white horses and so these world rulers that are planning on this confrontation with Jesus at his return are in for a big surprise Verse 15 of Revelation 17 back to Revelation 17 Then he said to me 
the angel says to John, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And so as we discussed a couple weeks ago, the harlot church will deceive, influence, and take control of the whole world for a period of time. And we can see as we look around us, again, by and large, people are rejecting true biblical Christianity, but in contrast to that, they're willing to embrace just about anything else. I don't know if you saw this, but you know that Texas had this big pro-life law that was passed, and it's all hell has broken loose. Guess who has jumped in to help Planned Parenthood? The Satanic Church. Why? Because they have openly admitted, and I've known this for quite a few years and heard testimonies from different people who have worked in abortion clinics, they consider every abortion a sacrifice to Satan. Don't doubt me for a minute. It's absolutely true. And they're all freaked out that there may not be abortions in Texas anymore. And so the Church of Satan has come alongside of Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood has welcomed their participation. And by the way, there's another article I read where people are flooding in from Texas to New Mexico to get abortions. Pray for this state, folks. Pray for this state. And there's an abortion doctor in Texas. There was about, I believe, 17 hours to go until the law went into effect, and he aborted 67 babies in 17 hours. He's now known as the Texas Butcher. So it's already happening. The satanic worldwide church it's all going to meld together. The only ones that will not be included are the ones that worship the true God. Yesterday was 9-1-1. And so there were a number of people, prominent people from our past government and present government, the president, the vice president, George, former president Bush, who all took the opportunity in the midst of honoring those who died on 9-1-1 to talk about how horrible we are and how terrible it is that we're persecuting the poor Muslims. Did you see those? Check your news sites, folks. It really happened. How many of you saw it? Biden and others defended the Muslims and criticized the United States of America. Look it up, it's true. It's true. I know I'm supposed to be teaching through this passage, but I'm telling you, it's not easy. And whenever convenient, they take some Bible verse and take it out of context and quote it to make them sound like Christians or believers or what have you. You look at what the Islamic Taliban is doing in Afghanistan right now and you tell me where the problem lies. Verse 16, they're raping, torturing, killing women over there. You know. 16, the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, so they'll use her for their own purpose as long as it's convenient, but really they hate this one world church. 
Make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot. The political power headed by the Antichrist will overthrow the false church organization, probably, I believe, at the midpoint of the tribulation, when the Antichrist goes into the temple in Jerusalem and proclaims himself to be God. Make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. This is the devil's way. I mentioned it already. He uses people, people or institutions for his own purposes. And then when he's done with them, he destroys them. Look how many famous people, entertainers, rock stars, financial moguls, media moguls, have gained everything this world has to offer only to meet violent and premature deaths. Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, you know, all those from the 60s, Jim Morrison, uh, Janis Joplin, many others, people from other elements of society, not just the entertainment industry, but they've reached this apex and this peak of really idol worship, being worshipped by the people of the world, but the devil always takes his due. It'll be the same for this one world church. Because once the Antichrist proclaims himself to be God, he doesn't need this covering of the one world church. So the Antichrist and his cohorts will totally destroy and demolish the harlot church once their goals have been achieved. Verse 17, for God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. So as horrible as this all sounds, it's all according to God's plan and his purpose. Because again, I'll reiterate it. You've heard me say it many times. Here's your two reasons for a worldwide tribulation. Seven years of wrath upon this earth. One, to punish this wicked world. And God has given us glimpses of this in the past. Noah's flood, which was worldwide and universal. Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a, a local event that happened there by the Dead Sea, this group of communities that God destroyed. But again, these are past historical events that foreshadow or foretell a much larger future event. Jesus said, this time will be unlike any other time in the history of the world, worse than any time in the history of the world. So the first reason for the tribulation is to pour God's wrath out on an unbelieving, wicked world. Is God justified in doing that? Yeah, because he's God. God is perfect in all of his ways. He is holy, just, righteous. We can't even begin to comprehend that because we are not. We are imperfect. We are fallen human beings. We are sinners. And yet, many people try to judge God, don't they? How ridiculous is that? The creator of the universe, the creator of all things, the holy one, the perfect one, the great I am. And yet people in their arrogance and their rebellion and their haughtiness and their pride actually take it upon themselves to judge God. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't know about you. God's wrath, number one. Number two, and this tells you everything you need to know, folks. His second purpose for the tribulation is to restore Israel. Do you know what? No other nation in the history of the world has been eradicated for 2,000 years and then come back to life again? It's only happened one time. Israel. 
And I, the reason I say it tells you everything you need to know because there's two nations in the world that are more hated than any other. One is the United States of America. Two is Israel. And I'm sorry, these poor oppressed Muslims or Muslims, what's, I don't know what's the proper way to say it. Muslim, Muslim, Islam. They call Israel, this is true. You can fact check me anytime on anything I say, folks. And if you find out I'm wrong, come and tell me and I'll repent. They call Israel the little Satan. Satan? Could it be? Satan? Probably too far back for some of you to remember. The church lady. They call Israel. Probably don't know who Flip Wilson is either. Okay. Uh, the devil made me do it, honey. Israel, <laughs> Israel is the little Satan. Cracking myself up. Israel is the little Satan. At least I'm cracking somebody up, right? Israel is the little Satan, and the United States is the big Satan. Okay? And right now in uh, Afghanistan and Kabul, now that they've swept in and taken over again and scared everybody to death, the women are in the streets. They're not allowed to go to school. They're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to show their faces. But they are allowed to chant, Death to America! You think they might be doing that under duress? I think so. I think so. I know God loves the Muslim people. God so loved the world. We heard a testimony from Tim about a young lady coming to Christ. But God does not love Islam because it's a satanic religion. Just like every other religion that preaches and teaches against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Every religion, every belief system that denies any of the cardinal tenets of the Christian faith and the doctrines of the Holy Bible is a satanic, demonic religion. And Paul warned Timothy that in the last days, people would be giving way to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. As a young believer, I thought doctrines of demons simply was referring to Satanism or witchcraft. No, it's every doctrine is a doctrine of demons if it contradicts the word of God. Pastor Gary's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Just don't start calling me Pastor Gump, okay? okay. All right. They'll hate the harlot. They'll make her desolate, naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. All right, verse 17. God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose. So you got to love this part. We know that Satan is no, he's a, he a formidable adversary, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But he will think he's in control. You've got to love this. But God has always been and always will be in control. These world leaders, rulers, under the authority of the ultimate world ruler and leader, the Antichrist, they'll be merely God's puppets sent forth to do his bidding, to judge an unbelieving world, to restore Israel, 
to bring Israel to a saving knowledge of their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And you see, that's why we will be raptured out first, because we don't fit into either category. We are the New Testament, New Covenant, Gentile church. We're living in the time of the Gentiles. The Bible tells us, Jesus is lo, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the world or the end of the age. As the age of the Gentiles is coming to a close and it's time for the restoration of God's chosen people, Israel. We are not in the camp of the ungodly, the wicked, because we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, we would just get in the way here. God removes us so he can carry out his plan. God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose. Matthew 18, 7, Woe to the world because of offenses. Remember, it's by their own choice out of the wickedness of their own hearts that they do these things. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. And so they will be accountable. God's put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beasts. And so it's kind of like uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 where it talks about how God's going to put a hook in the jaw of what we believe to be Russia and drag them down to Israel. We have that great confrontation there. God's going to put a hook in the jaw of these world rulers, these world leaders, to drag them into fulfilling his purposes. The motivation of the ten kings to yield their power over to the beast will be put into their hearts by God himself. And so if you ever find yourself discouraged, depressed, downcast, thinking, what's going on? What's, where's the Lord? Why is all this happening? The Lord is right here. He's in charge. It's all going according to his plan. And... As difficult as it might be for us to understand or to accept, that includes the pandemic. God is not ignorant of what's going on. He wasn't caught off guard. He's not surprised. He is still large and in charge. And, you know, as believers, let's be honest, there's sometimes a gap between what ought to be and what is, how we ought to feel, how we, what we ought to think, and how we actually feel and what we really think. And there are a lot of people who are very afraid of what's going on, when in reality as believers we shouldn't be afraid of death, should we? Because this is just the beginning. Death is a promotion. Paul said, I would prefer to be absent from this body and be present with the Lord. But what is perhaps the devil's number one tool against human beings, it's fear. And yet the Bible says that God's perfect love casts out all fear. So if we're having fear, we need to get closer to Jesus. We need to draw near to him. He's not given us spirit of fear. But understand this, folks. We are in the last days. The strategy from now on, every day, day in, day out, until we're raptured out of here, and then it's going to continue on once we're gone. Every day, we're going to be bombarded with fear. Delta variant, Mu variant. 
And on and on it goes. More and more fear. And here's what really blows my mind. All you unvaccinated are endangering the vaccinated. <laughs> really? I thought if you were vaccinated, you had nothing to worry about. How could I endanger you? Do you realize? I keep telling you this. Everything that the devil says, and by the way, the devil speaks through CNN, MSNBC, on and on it goes. The devil speaks through our leaders in Washington. And I heard a doctor say this recently. Everything they tell you, believe the opposite. Now, if you've been vaccinated, God bless you. Praise God. Whatever is not of faith is sin, as it says in Romans 14. If you've had the faith to get a vaccine, praise God. I pray for your protection. If you haven't, I pray for your protection. But here's what's going on, folks. There's more and more evidence that the vaccine produces what is called shedding, which means you can actually contract the virus while vaccinated and you can shed it onto those who have, been not been, have not had it. So if the truth be told, no, the unvaccinated are not endangering the vaccinated, it's the other way around. But if you've been vaccinated, I'll come right up and give you a hug because I'm trusting in Jesus. But that's the truth. I have a close friend who's been in the hospital in Colorado. Hugh, some of you know Hugh. He got COVID, unvaccinated. One of the nurses that was attending him was very honest and open with him. She said about 50% of the people in this hospital right now, this is Colorado Springs, 50% have been vaccinated, 50% have not. So, and now they're admitting the vaccine will not keep you from getting the virus. And they've downgraded the Pfizer efficacy rate to 39%. Why inject all these horrible chemicals into your body? You might as well just trust God. See what God's plan for you is. I told you there's a bigger agenda going on here, folks. It's called depopulation and worldwide domination. And look what's happening in Australia. Those folks are in prison over there. I'm trying, trying to get through. In fact, we're almost, we're almost there, so. But I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Because I used to have people walk out on me when I talk like this. That's not happening too much anymore. I think you guys are awake. What do you think? Yeah. Truly awake. Truly awake. Again, just flip it over. Flip it over. The people who say they're woke are really asleep. We're awake! Because Jesus has awakened us. Hello? When I look back on my life, now I became Christian as a young boy, but I had years where I wandered away. I never really stopped believing in Him, but I was focused on me, my life, what I wanted, what I wanted to do, and God definitely took the back burner. And when I came and recommitted my life to Christ at the age of 17, it was like the blinders had been taken off. Because I'd begun to be seduced by the things of this world. You know, my gods were the Beatles and the other rock stars of the era. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to emulate them. I had begun to embrace liberal views because that's what young people tend to do. Especially if you're not following God. Especially if you're listening to secular rock stars and different people. 
But when I became a believer, it's like the blinders had been removed. It's like I'd been walking in the darkness. And doesn't the Bible say that? Yeah. The Pharisees were, who were blind were supposed to be leading the people of Israel. And Jesus said, it's the blind leading the blind. My eyes were opened. You're not awake, folks. Think Matrix. There's a new Matrix movie coming out. I said this several years ago. The Matrix, again, it's amazing how these secular filmmakers somehow produce these prophetic types of films and so forth. This world is living in the Matrix. Do you know that? But you and I have come out of the Matrix because we are now in the kingdom of God. You can call me Neo Geo. <laughs> Just don't call me Forrest Gump. Although I like Forrest Gump. Again, God has put it into their hearts to fulfill His purpose. So God's still in charge. He's running the show and He will be all the way through the tribulation. To be of one mind, to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. The Bible has a 100% accuracy rate when it comes to foretelling future events. Therefore, would you say we can pretty much take it to the bank that all these things are going to happen? And in fact, they're already happening. Until the words of God are fulfilled, just as God has used human instruments and evil rulers throughout human history to accomplish His purposes. Verse 18. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Babylon, either literally or figuratively. The great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Wherever the seat of Babylon will be located, whether it's literally in Iraq, whether it's in Rome, because Babylon represents, as we've talked about, this demonic, satanic world belief system that's existed from the very early days of human civilization going all the way back to the days of Noah, the time of Nimrod. It really came into its own during the time of Nimrod, the Tower of Babel and the establishing of the Babylonian Empire. But wherever the seat of Babylon will be located, she, Babylon, the harlot, will be the very center of world power and domination. And folks, by the way, again, for the skeptics, for the doubters, you know, I hear people all the time, even believers, oh, I think it's going to be another 100, 150, 200 years before Jesus comes back. That's a cop-out, for one thing. It's just like uh, two weeks to slow the curve. Here we are, what, a year and a half later? Uh, it's going to be one shot, two shots, now it's three, one shot, two shot, three, four, five... It's, it's, oh, now we've got to get a booster. Oh, Pfizer now has these pills that you're supposed to take two times a day on top of your vaccine. I've told you guys years ago, the zombie apocalypse is real. It's coming. It's upon us. It's here. See, the devil enjoys putting this stuff out there. He loves it. That's why I say he even uses these secular... TV producers, film producers, and so forth, people from every arena of life, 
he uses them to put this stuff right out there in your face so that people will say, oh, this is just fantasy. But it's not. It's not. At no other time, this is my point. Okay? Believers have been reading and studying the book of Revelation for 2,000 years, except for those churches that banned the book of Revelation. Did you know there are some that do that? Oh, we don't study that book here. It's too controversial. Somebody might really find out what's going to happen. Oh, no! Oh, it's too divisive. There's too many different interpretations. At no other time, folks, in human history would this scenario have been possible. Do you know that? Only in our lifetime has this scenario become a true possibility and a true reality because of technology, the internet, the microchip, it goes on and on. Everything that was needed for 2,000 years since this book of Revelation was written has never existed until our lifetime. Hello? That's the truth. Oh, and we hear more and more every day about how they're monitoring us, right? Huh. Well, I wish to God I could opt out to tell you the truth, but I've got to keep doing this. Otherwise, I would destroy every electronic element that I have, and I would head for the hills. But God has called us to occupy till he comes. Because they are watching us. They are monitoring us. But I know who's watching and monitoring me. Amen. Jesus Christ. An all-encompassing one-world government in league with a one-world church. Woo! Able to exercise authority over every human being on the earth. This is what's coming. Again, it's already here, basically. Not to mention the fact that sworn allegiance to this government that's coming, this one world government and this one world church, will result in eternal condemnation and judgment. No turning back. Right now, as long as you're drawing breath, you have the chance to come to God. You can receive salvation. You can be born again. You can be saved as long as you're drawing breath. But once this stuff starts to happen, that won't be the case anymore. You will either probably be beheaded if you follow Christ. Otherwise, you will receive the mark of the beast. And the Bible says you will be, hello, Hillary Clinton, irredeemable. <laughs> See again there, flip it over. She called us the irredeemables. Guess who's really irredeemable? Now she's still breathing, so she could get saved. Highly unlikely. That maybe, you may not agree with that. It might be a harsh statement, a cruel statement. But I told you, she's way over 70, by the way. And by the time a person gets, hits 70, statistically, there's a zero chance that they will become a believer. God can work miracles. God does miracles. People get saved in their 70s, 80s, 90s, 100 years old. But you see the hardness of the heart. Jesus said, by their fruit you shall know them. And when somebody spews venomous hatred and a, and a voracious appetite to kill the unborn like all these folks do. God can save anybody but I'm skeptical. Forgive me for saying that but by their fruit you shall know them. Remember Pharaoh? 
hardened his heart against Moses and the children of Israel didn't turn it out too well for him. Time is running out for this world. And only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life will stand. Let's stand. And I would love it. I would dare, I would challenge anyone, including Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, any of them. Prove me wrong and get saved. Amen. Prove me wrong and come to Christ. I challenge you to do that. I would love it. I would love to see you in heaven. I would love to spend eternity with you in God's paradise. And that's what's awaiting all those who put their faith in Christ. It doesn't matter how important you are or think you are, how unimportant you think you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, how smart you think you are, or how dumb you think you are. Sadly, that's another way the enemy gets at people, and often it's through the spoken words of others. You know, the Word of Faith movement talks about naming it and claiming it, demanding that God give you everything you deserve. Wow, don't do that! Well, you know what you deserve, don't you? You know what I deserve? We deserve to spend eternity in hell. But the spoken word has power. You can, you can build people up or you can tear them down. The book of James talks about this. That's what the Bible has to say about the spoken word. There's only one being in all of creation, all the universe, that can create something out of nothing simply by speaking the word, and that's God the creator. But you know what? You can speak encouragement into people's hearts and minds. You can lift them up. But sadly, many people have grown up with uh, those around them not doing that, telling them how dumb they are, how stupid they are. Maybe you're one of those. You can't do anything right. That's poison. But Jesus says, you're so valuable, I died for you on the cross. That's how valuable you are. That's how important you are to God. Jesus laid down his life for you. So I encourage you today, if you haven't received Christ, do so. Turn your life over to him. Because he loves you more and cares more about you than anybody else on this planet. Including your own parents, your grandparents, your spouse, your children. Nobody loves you like he does. And he deserves your love in return. I encourage you, if you've not received Christ, to do so today. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I'm going to ask everyone here this morning who needs prayer if you'd lift your hand. I'm going to take a couple moments and pray for all of you. Father, we lift up all those with hands raised this morning. You know what's going on in each one. Lord, it could be a health issue. Lord, your word tells us that you are the God who heals. You created us. You made us. You know us inside and out. You are the great physician. Pray for physical healing for each and every one who needs it here today and for those perhaps watching on the internet online lord pour out your holy spirit upon each one lord we thank you that there are no limits or boundaries lord even if somebody's watching halfway around the world you can touch them right now lord we pray for healing whether it's just a small thing like a cold or allergies or something really big and significant lord god we thank you and praise you that by your stripes we are healed Father, I lift up those with the mental, emotional issues, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, depression. Lord, we know those are not from you. We know that the enemy attacks us in our hearts and in our minds. We ask you to guard our hearts and minds 
with your perfect love, Lord, with that perfect peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I pray that you'd help each one here today that's struggling in these areas to give it over to you, Lord, to let go. Give it to you. You said that you wanted to take our cares upon you, our burdens. Lord, that you would bear those burdens for us. So I pray that you would lift off right now all anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, depression, anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, Lord. We know that those are destructive things that we harbor in our hearts and minds. Help us to release them all to you now, we ask in Jesus' name. Pray for healing of broken relationships, friendships, marriages. Lord, the enemy comes to, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but you have come that we might have life and life more abundantly. Pour that abundant life out on all those that need healing in their relationships, Father. Pray for financial provision for those who are struggling economically. Pray for wisdom and guidance, Lord, that we could be good stewards over the resources you've given us. And Lord, we pray for opportunities to be able to help one another. We are to bear one another's burdens. We ask your blessing, your encouragement upon those needing financial relief. We give you praise and thanks, Lord, for your word, for all the blessings that you bestow upon us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We ask you to continue to give us strength, wisdom. Help us to stand firm, Lord, in these last days and to be ambassadors for Christ, to let all those around us know how much you love them. We pray that you would harvest many souls in these final days leading up to the tribulation. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.